0: Stand by for action! Thank you, Tony. My name is Abe Miller. I am the Unpleasant Blind Guy. I want to thank everyone who has stuck with me throughout the Wayback series. It's something that I felt compelled to do, and I will be moving on to other things after, but for now... I'm compelled to add to the series by including commentaries on the way back between myself and the Underground Professor of UGP Radio. Now, The Underground Professor has an excellent program which I encourage people to listen to, available through Periscope, Pundit Press Media, Blog Talk Radio, and other media outlets. Please check the Prof's Blog Talk Radio webpage for showtimes. These programs will not be as heavily edited as is the norm, because the discussions that I had with the underground professor were done in a very relaxed atmosphere on his fine program. I'm presenting them to you because I feel they only enhance the messages that I have delivered through the way back. The professor has his own unique style of educating, and one means of education is through music. And this is evident in the prof's show opening, which is perhaps the best podcast opening that there is.
1: Paul. miracle with you and me.
2: Are you ready for a miracle? I'm the underground professor coming at you almost live, high atop a double rainbow, sharing it with the agadorable himself, the unpleasant blind guy, on this show, The Way Back Part 3. And so, without uh, further ado, let me see if I can get his mic on without losing control of my show, as usually happens. It's hot. And I've still got control, so let's see if egg's there. Egg, 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 egg.
0: It's hot. You're hot. I'm hot. Hmm. <laughs>
2: it's in the 90s in October, man. It's just not right. <laughs>
0: oh, well, it's probably in the, in the 50s up here. Oh, is it?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, 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 it's it's beautiful up here, Prof. Really loving it.
2: At today's show is The Way Back with Agador himself, the unpleasant blind guy. And this is part three, the end, uh, I believe, right? So Yep. That's,
0: this yeah. this is the end of it.
2: So we've uh, we've made it through the stretch. So how do you wanna play? You want me to play your your uh, bit and then talk, or you wanna talk and then play the bit, or how do you wanna work this?
0: Well, I'll preface it a little bit. Uh for those who, who have heard the show before when I did it um a couple of years ago, uh this it'll it'll start out part three will start out with stuff you haven't heard before. Um, because I wanted to, I wanted to add some things. I wanted to fill in the corners, as I say, you know, like as, as the hobbits do when they're having a celebration. There, there were a few things that I didn't say in in uh, a couple of years ago that I wanted to say. This is this will be the finished product, and I'll I'll uh, use this every year around this time uh, because as long as I'm able, um, and that's that's a help. This this will be uh, this is a work of my life. And um it may be the most important thing I ever do. It certainly, you know, at this point is the biggest thing I've ever done. Um so if you've heard this before, this will be some new stuff that that you haven't heard. Um and by the way, um thank you to Kel Fritzy of Red Fox uh, radio for uh, you know, helping me. Uh we we kind of went back and cleaned up your, your uh show from last Sunday, Prof. So everybody gets to hear the conversation you and I had um on part two. So I encourage people to go back and listen to that show. Um,
2: well, you know, every good boxer has a cut man in their corner, and Kell's our cut man.
0: Oh, yep, amen to that. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> she is first class. And uh, you know, I want to thank her for help for helping out. And and prop again, I want to thank you for uh, for allowing me to do all this. You know, um, but Kel further, says it's a great
2: series, Dave. Uh, not mentioning my role in all this, but that's okay.
0: Uh, I'm going to have to oh, go no, back no,
2: and listen no. to how she recut it cuz I might not even be in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I was the one I was the one that did all the cutting and, and you know uh, and 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 all that stuff. Uh, so,
3: you know, I, I really
0: wanted to get that conversation in with you. Uh, you know, this has been a great adjunct to it and you you added something to it. You added something yeah. to the entire concept which it which um as as you listen as folks as folks listen to part 3, you'll see that this is exactly what I said to do. You did what I said to do before I said to do it. (laughs) So with that, Prof, if you want Uh to go ahead and play the bit, then uh, we'll talk about it after.
2: That's me, always coloring out of the lines. I'm that guy that gets caught when you go take a test and the proctor says, no one lift their pencil or open the page, and I'm like on page three already. So, (laughs) okay, (laughs) there we go. Agador's The Way Back Part
0: Trey. And you can hear part three of The Way Back at the SHR Media YouTube page, or you can listen to the entire recording of The Way Back on the Unpleasant Blind Guy YouTube page. Anno Domini.
2: I think that means half-off pizza at Domino's, doesn't it?
0: Well, it certainly did a couple of nights ago, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would not want to be in Arlington,
2: Texas right now. You know, they got the Cowboy game getting out and you got the Ranger game starting at 7. Oh my gosh, I can't believe what the traffic would be like there. So, you know, I used to call myself the underground professor because I figured that when the country goes tango uniform, that I'll sneak into the underground and be that guy that starts teaching people to create a rebellion and a resistance movement and guerrilla warfare type thing, and then go after. And um, uh, But the exceptional conservative outed me, so I guess now I've moved up in status to be in one of the front-line sacrifices for when the Muslims take over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be one of the first they hunt down and take out, or try to take out. I don't know how many will be laying around my feet when they do it, but they'll come after me eventually, I'm sure.
0: Well, you know, but the point is, until that time comes, you know, you can you can teach, and, and as I said uh, last week, you can create a lot more underground professors. Um, oh, you know, <laughs> you, yeah, you can just be you can just be the original.
2: You know, do you remember uh, the show I
0: did that
2: I called uh, Watch One, Do One, Teach One.
0: Actually, I believe I do.
2: Yeah, you might that want was to my on that though. Yeah, the, the premise being that uh, in medical school, you watch a procedure, then you do a proce- the the procedure you just watched, and then you teach it. And the reason for that is is that uh, watching you learn how to do it, then doing it, you actually get the mechanics of the procedure out of the way. But then when you teach it, you learn it from a different perspective, and you learn it so much better than just having – witness the situation. And I always did that in my classrooms with with important concepts. I would go through the the uh the concept of of watch one, do one, teach one. And and by doing that, whether my students even knew they were or not, I would demonstrate or or give some examples and then I would have others reiterate it and then I would have them you know, or or give me some of their own and then I would have them explain to the class why their concepts were correct and and what they ended up doing was the watch one do one teach one methodology and so i'd like to think that that's what i'm doing here when i hear people use the term constitutionally federated republic and things like that then i realize that that's what's happening <clears throat> people are listening to me do it and now they're doing it and hopefully they'll go out and teach others about it and and so you're a perfect example. You you watched me do it, then you've done it, and now you're out teaching others. So, who <laughs> are? Well, yeah,
0: and 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 that that is uh, that is is because you said it, and then I thought about it, and I realized that that makes a whole lot of sense because that's that's where where we're at. That's where we started, rather. Um, I mean, and it, it it made such common sense that I that I started adding that to my language. Yeah. I've heard other other people say it too. Um Ken tries to it say says, it, but
2: he's not very successful at it.
1: <laughs> well, Being an English
2: major, it. I guess that's really
0: causing him some problems. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that that's that's true. Um, you know, but, but he, he does give it a try, so you know, I give him an A forever. You know, he does yes. he does give give it a shot, not giving an A forever. <laughs> well we
2: grade it on an affirmative action curve, the bell curve for him, so he's he gets an A.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time, every time, because 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 if he doesn't get an A, it's racist, and you know we don't <laughs> want that. Um, <laughs> so. um but people, you know, you know, you, you mentioned Ken. People like Ken are going to have to be out there uh, as as well. Um, his biggest draw as a uh, as a podcaster is that he makes people feel every story that he that he relates um it doesn't matter if um you know it's cecil mills or um you know obviously um his uh, daughter Sharnice, or um you know um his stories about um, um you know un- unsolved murders cold cases in d c uh he has a method of, of of imparting that to people that makes them give a damn um and and that is is a talent that uh, that we need more of uh the people in our corner need more of and 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 it's it's a natural talent it's not something you can learn it's just something he can do but uh people like him are going to be uh some of the natural teachers uh, as as we move forward and and people like yourself who are who are more grounded in uh, the the historical aspects and uh and uh, things of that nature um, it comes down, as I said, to doing what you can do. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys will approach the same story with a different perspective, uh, but they're, they're equally valid and, uh, and, and they both should be, uh, should be listened to equally and, and they both can teach. Um, and they're both things that people can engage in. Um, you know, Ken can, Ken can make someone go out and, uh, you know, sign, sign an online petition or, uh. Or um, you know, uh, start a rally, or go to a church, or something like that. Um, you know, you can you you make people go out and do research, and then teach others. Um, in a way, prof, um, we can all be teachers, even even schmucks like me, um, because not only can 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 you learn from anybody, that's that's one of my bromides. I can learn from anybody. Um, but everybody can teach in their own way. Uh, every Everyone has their own uh, method of teaching. And it doesn't matter how it is. Now, in the past, you know, three weeks or so, close to a month, we've talked about uh, people who, who can go out there and, uh, you know, pick a guitar and sing a song. And people people like what they're singing. And if they throw a message in there, well, that's teaching. Uh, people can write. Some people can't. And that's a method of teaching. Uh, some, people can, uh, some people can do stand-up comedy, and it's really entertaining, and they can teach that way. It's, these are, the, are, the, are methods that the left has used for generations, and they're methods that we should use, in my opinion. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, the most important way people can teach, especially conservatism, is to live their lives by example. To do the right thing and to be moral and ethical as much as possible, and when you fail to stand back up, dust yourself off, and try harder again tomorrow. Uh, that will teach people more than anything else in society, how to behave and how to work, in and that, in that it's effective. You know as, as long as it's not done in a hypocritical manner, then, then the teaching's good, but you're right, everyone can teach. This is why I like having progtards come on my show, but none will. Is because of the illustration I get to use to uh, expose them, because then they teach what it's about, what they believe, and that, more than what I could tell people, is an enforcement of teaching, you know. uh, So, but even people like that unwittingly teach. uh, But for those who think, oh, I can't teach, I think that's really what you're getting at, and that is that we all do, and we do it a thousand times a day whether we lean over somebody's shoulder and point out something to them or we have a child. If you're a parent, then you can teach. (laughs) Again, by example or by instruction, but you're still teaching constantly as a parent. So it's nothing that you have to leave just to the educators. And as far as education goes, I think we need to consciously start getting people recruited into the education world. You know, and we need to do it also in in the entertainment world. I've noticed more and more people in Hollywood are coming out. You know, and the now the new coming out, you know, black's the new orange. Well, today the new coming out is admitting that you believe in the Constitution, and, and you're seeing this in the military. You're seeing it in Hollywood. You're seeing it uh, in you know television shows and, and whatnot. I've been watching and listening and. And it's amazing how there'll be a tiny little conservative message here and there, you know, one sentence, one statement, one look. That, uh, and I think that, that that's going to grow. The it's it's terrible. We're facing the dilemmas we are in this country, but the good news is, is the more they do this, the un, the the more unabashed they do it, and they're willing to you know say and do things. Um, I'm going to kill you if you don't shut up. So far, they, hey, yeah, just like that, yeah, <laughs> just like that. See, I'm teaching. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, perfect example. Running to make sure she, he knew that I knew it wasn't her. <laughs> um, right. The the um, well, I forget my line, but we we got to we got to get into these fields and and fill them. Because we basically have surrendered them since the McCarthy witch hunt. We all but quit being in Hollywood and in academia. And we've paid the price utterly for it. While they capitalized on pop culture and the media, we stand around pompously saying that we were better, and you people would just naturally understand that without teaching them, without educating them. And that's the great fault of the Republican Party. Not that our ideas... Our substandard, but the fact that we do not teach them, and if we do win, we just immediately assume that we've won, and we don't have to ever teach or keep people abreast
0: of what we're doing or why it's the right way. <laughs> well, you know, um, you're you're right. I mean, we we win we win elections, but we don't we don't win the hearts and minds of the people. You're absolutely right. Now, I shared earlier a video with you over the Twitter of uh, some some atheists talking to Bill Maher, um, and and. He was talking about Islam, you know, which we're not talking about this evening, but you know um he was talking about the the free speech movement at Berkeley he said you know was saying that he could remember this, and this was in the early nineteen sixties and back then uh the free speech movement was exactly that you could you could could do and actually were encouraged to speak up on whatever ideas you had, and those those might be you know conservative or progressive, it didn't matter. That's turned around on our campuses now. Um, if if you uh, well, let's say for instance you are Bill Maher and you come out and you say that Islam is a problem, um, you you might you might become disinvited to a uh, commencement address, to give a commencement address at Berkeley at the very place where the free speech movement supposedly started. Um, so yes, um, you are right about that. It is the new coming out when people actually come out with conservative ideas um and it's going to, it's going to take an awfully long time for uh for things to swing back to a uh, to to more of a center when it comes to uh when it comes to people in entertainment uh, who come out and, and say yes um I'm I'm a conservative I'm a constitutionalist and uh, you know I'm also a, I'm also a darn good actor um you know and and uh, and and music is the same way I have a uh, I actually have a fan <laughs> She's <laughs> one of the few um loves my shows um and but she said she can't share them because she's a musician, and you know she's she's afraid that she won't get she won't get gigs for herself and, and her band if if she shares out my shows uh um, <laughs> this this is the kind of thing that uh, that we have to turn around um because we have there there are more people out there we know this that agree with us that agree with constitutionalism forget conservatism for the moment they agree with constitutionalism they agree they agree that the bill of rights are are are, you know the cat's rear end it's great you know but they can't come out and openly defend it against people like muslims who would uh, who would just throw it in in the dustbin of history uh, because because they will lose their livelihoods if they do if they're an actor, they'll you know they'll never get a part again. If they're if they're a musician, then they'll lose gigs and you know they might not get signed to a record contract or whatever. Um, this is is a kind of cultural shift that you're talking about. This beginning um, that that needs to be continued, and and that's why I encourage people in the way back uh, who have talent to go out there and and. And flaunt that talent, and get to a point where they can entertain and sell their stuff, and where people want to hear from them. Uh, and, and then, yeah, you know, begin to slip a, a conservative message in here and there. You know, and, and that's how it starts. That's how the left did it. And you're, you were bang on with uh, with your analysis of of what what happened to Hollywood after after the McCarthy era. I mean, now we know that you know at, at this point in history that uh, that McCarthy was 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 right in a lot of the things you know to go after a lot of the people he did. There there was a um, a, uh, a communist conspiracy going on in in the entertainment world at the time. Um, we can argue about the methods uh, that <laughs> McCarthy used, um, but, or who knew that it was the Muslim threat we needed
2: to really worry about, not the commies.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, you know, hindsight twenty twenty. We can argue about all of that, but what um, that's pretty useless at this point. What we have to do at this point is um, try and get people into entertainment and academia and places like that, and uh, get them established, and then they can come out, and people can uh, people can see them. They can uh, and, um, and and they can be entertained by them. And then, oh, oh, by the way, um, you know, I do not believe in socialism. You know, I believe in capitalism. So there's 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 that aspect of it, too.
2: Well, yes.
0: Let me tell you a, another
2: thing that we should be doing, and that is, and this is in regards to the teaching part. If you know somebody, like say you have a child or grandchild that's in school, or you know a teacher that goes to your church or goes to – your health club or lives down the street, however you know them, uh, you should start talking to them and, and don't overload them or avalanche them, but just start talking to them about what they teach and, and how do they know what their teaching's right. And you know, and you don't do that by saying, "Hey, how do you know what your teaching's right?" But you ask them how, you know, they get the information and where it comes from and who authorizes it and, and they'll tell you these things because they're innocent questions, that have nothing really to do with them. This is out of their scope of control. And then you may start asking them some questions like, Well, what do they teach about the Boston uh, um Tea Party or, you know, or George Washington or what? And then you can say, Oh my goodness, I've never heard it like that and then you can start telling them the reality and the truth. Of course, which you can get here, and you know, but the, uh, you, you do this slowly and without it being like you're educating them, but just in a casual conversation. But we need to do this with teachers because I blame teachers for the problems we have in school, but most of them don't even know what they're teaching's wrong because they go to school and they're given this stuff and they're told this is what they need to teach and they assume it's correct. And the teachers that are teaching them may not even know it's wrong. It's the ones that created it that know that they were creating falsehoods. But once it gets you know, a generation or two down with some revisions and whatnot, people, people tend to lose that fact. And that's why we have to educate in the first place in our country because our education system has changed from teaching uh, – let me rephrase this. The one thing about public schools that has always been consistent – is that its job was to teach us about government. Now, the founding fathers, their concept of it was to teach us about the Constitution and how government was supposed to work so that if it wasn't, we would know and we could go after those responsible. Today, the role of the schools is to teach people that government is there for them from cradle to grave and everything they do is awesome, even when they fail. It's with good intentions, so don't blame them and help them try again. And because of that, uh, we need to re-educate our educators, and we need to do it in a non-threatening manner. And so when I say watch one, do one, teach one, that's your target.
0: Back to you. Yeah, you bring up a a point about doing that, you know, which is, um, you know, I know there are a lot of angry people out there, and we've got darn good reason to be angry, you know, but um, just getting in somebody's face and saying, well, you ought to teach this stuff this way, you jerk, you know. That's not going to get you anywhere, um, you know. I'm not, I, you know. Um, sorry, my my British friends, you know, but I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles, um, only because their stuff just got vastly overplayed over here. But uh, you know, from their song Revolution, you know, um, if if you go around, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll rephrase it a little bit, you know, if if, if you go around acting like a dirtbag, and yelling in people's faces and being disrespectful. Um, you're just going to close their minds against you um and that's why I try to approach some things the way I do even from a even from a perspective viewpoint um a progressive viewpoint um, i try to um i try to let progressives know that for instance what's going on now with the um with the progressive Muslim control base will not serve them and their needs. You know, it's it's not about uh, it's not so much about how um, about how it's a bad thing for conservatives or libertarians. It's about how it's a bad thing for progressives. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like how have you ever heard of the, of the guy in uh, in in Las Vegas who has the trained cats? He's 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 got a, he's got a, a a troop of trained cats that he that he uh, you know, uh, has a show with on stage in Las Vegas. Have you heard of this guy? Yeah, weren't they gay, and one of them got eaten by one of them? No, 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 no. no. You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of another couple of guys, and they use tigers. This this, this yeah, is, Siskel is a single man or something like that. No, no, not them. This this is a single guy. Um, his daughter helps him in his act, and um, they have they have you know uh, house cats, domestic cats ah. that uh, that that they train to do stuff now his method to get them to do what he wants them to do is he 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 tra- he goes to uh, the shelters and he picks out the cats and he trains them to do the things that they already like to do anyway okay he doesn't he doesn't try and train to do, train a, a house cat to do something that it doesn't want to do um uh, you know if you're not familiar with with cat with house cats if a cat doesn't want to do something you you're going to have a really hard time training it to do that but if it already likes doing something, then you're halfway there, and that's what he does he you know he he trains the cats to do the things that 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 they like to do in other words he gets on he gets you know on their level as far as well you know okay, um this cat may like to jump from one platform to the next one, you know, so he trains them to do that and they do it because they like to do it anyway. Hmm. Okay. Um and, I'm with and, you. you. know. Yeah. My father and, always and said it, though that
2: a cat has uh staff and dog's have masters.
0: Well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um so when you approach someone like an educator or uh, or just just someone let's say somebody at work, um G-Ski's told me about, you know, this guy at work that's this big progressive that's always popping off. Um if you have somebody at work like that, you know, and you know you, you you can approach them and just say, "Okay, well, all right now you're you're for uh, for massive welfare and and okay, you know you and I can argue over whether or not that's a good thing, but how about the fact that um President Obama wants to um import a hundred thousand um combat age men?" Uh, from from the Middle East, I mean, is that not going to make for less welfare for the indigenous people of the United States, for uh, for American Indians, and 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 for and for Black people? You know, is that exactly. is that not going to hurt the people that are already here? In other words, you know, words teach you. You got to hit um, them at third level. I always ask yeah. them
2: why all these uh, able-bodied men are coming here, and it's too dangerous to bring their wives and children with them so they leave them in the war zone that they're fleeing
0: exactly yes That that's <laughs> that's another good way of doing it i've got a i've got a friend uh you know he he, he doesn't mind that i call him this so i'm just going to say it you know i've got a friend uh you know that i call paranoid paul um he's not very political but when he thinks about politics he's 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 fairly well on point and he calls these these people these guys cowards you know, he says, yeah. Well why why are you know that they're they're young men of fighting age, why the heck are they leaving the area? You know, um if if your side is losing, um find another side to fight on. You know, don't don't go off somewhere else. Um, the the message has to be tailored to the person. And that's something that the left does, uh Prof very well, as you know. They've got messages for uh, for kids through things like Sesame Street. They've got tons of messages for uh, preteens and teens through things like MTV and and, and popular music. Um, they've got messages for uh, you know for for the older people you know in the form of uh, some of their people that they trot out uh, from Hollywood and you know the old music days. They've got plenty of messages for them, and they've got messages for the. Uh, the uh eighteen to uh, to fifty crowd as well. Um with with some of the You're television programs Rogan. they pro- <laughs> Right, yeah. Um one of the one of their one of their great uh one of their great uh, means of messaging uh as we know is through television. And uh I was talking to Kel about this earlier. You know, um I used to like the show, the Big Bang Theory, but it went it went hard left messaging a long time ago. I can't even watch the show anymore. But yeah. it has a wide appeal to that eighteen to fifty crowd, um, and 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 that's what they do. They have a message for everyone, of almost every interest, uh, and and that those are the kinds of things that we have to develop on on the right when we're teaching people about this stuff. Yeah. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, they lost me when they started marrying each other and coming out of the closet and pushing you know they got famous enough that they could they could change the direction of the show from just being funny to being a political statement and that lost it same with Seth Rogen you know is uh, the stuff he's constantly doing and saying and it's just such idiocy uh, like the thing about Ben Carson so I, mm-hmm. I won't see another Seth Rogen movie and that's too bad because I really like this stuff but uh yeah but you know the problem is is we don't seem to have anybody that's offering uh, a difference, and when we do, when you get things uh, that are being offered, like religious movies, uh, they they aren't correct, you know, at, or they're preachy and they're not. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but when you watch Cecil B. DeMille and he gets a lot of things wrong, but when you watch his Ten Commandments, you don't really feel like you're being preached to. No, you know God, what I mean. No, it
0: like you're being yeah. entertained. And I'll right. give you another one real quick, prop. You know, to your point, I'll give you another one real quick, and that was that mini series, The Bible. Now, the guy that put that thing together was an Obama supporter, but that's Dynamite Entertainment. I haven't seen you know, it. Had, yet. In, 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 oh, do yourself a favor and uh, and 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 watch it. It's probably on your Netflix or something like that.
2: Oh yeah, I, I have had it a look on there saved, but my, but yeah. I he was I, a he was an Obama supporter. I thought the devil looked like yes. Obama in that thing.
0: Well, that's what people said, you know. But but the <laughs> point is, the point is, I took a look. I I took a, my own look at the ratings, um, for the nights that that thing was on, and it destroyed everything in its path. People loved it, and 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 you know the production values were were first rate. Absolutely, it was very entertaining. And no, again, just to as you said, as far as the DeMille movies go, you didn't feel like somebody was preaching at you and yet the message was was very good uh you know i would say to anybody do yourself a favor and uh, and 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 watch that um if you can manage it if, heck even the dvd isn't that exp- expensive you know i want to get it for myself because um you know it's exactly the sort of thing you're talking about prof it's it's not preachy and yet <clears throat> it is very inspiring um so there you go back to you <laughs>
2: so Now <clears throat> When I was listening to parts one and two I kept thinking we need to add Bastiat's books uh, Like uh, <laughs> And then you But you you made good on your revisions So yes <laughs> You, you hmm. put Bastiat in there In part three did I not hear his name
0: uh, Yes you did. Yep. Yeah. you did You did uh, Bastiat Locke um, You know and, and again The uh, The precursors to our Bill of Rights, you know, um, you know, I put those in as well. Yes. People have people have to know how um, the American Republic started. They have to know where all that. Yes. uh, How and why, and and they have to realize this didn't this wasn't just made out of whole cloth that that this had been this began with well uh, our Constitution in a way began with the Twelve Tables of Roman Law. Um and, and you know, the Bill of Rights in a way began with the Magna Carta. Um, but there's a whole line of stuff that goes all the way down to um the seventeenth century that they had to build on in order to create all that. Right. So he, people of the future will need this so that they just so that they're not saying, Oh, the great founders of, of the American Republic did did sit in Philadelphia in a hot, sweaty room, and did uh, and, and did poop this greatness out of their ear ends. No, that, that that's <laughs>
2: well, that came out of their it, cats it, behind, evidently, according according to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but if, but but if you <laughs> if they do that, then there's bound to be somebody sitting on the side going, "Oh, come on," you know, nobody's right. that good. But well, exactly.
2: It, I think I have every book you it, listed. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you still talking. I apologize.
0: Well, no, I'm just going to say if you give them the information of how they came to that, then suddenly those framers become human, as human as the people that are going to be setting up the republic at a time that we know not. Right, the next time. Yeah. I agree. Exactly.
2: Um, and And, of course, they'll be flawed too, but hopefully they can do what the founders did. The founders learned – uh, from, their, from the mistakes of those in the Republic of the past, Republics of the past. And they refined political science. And I would like to think that the next generation that has to do this will learn from the mistakes the founders made, uh, pay a little more attention to the, like the anti Federalist and stuff. So you would want to add the anti Federalist papers, uh, Cato's papers, yep. et cetera. Uh, yes, letters went, to the uh, farmer. Uh, you know, farmer yep. from the Pennsylvania. You know, I've been doing the B Team series. On the founding fathers, I think a lot of their writing we probably ought to tuck in there somewhere. Did oh, you yeah, mention yeah. C.S. Lewis?
0: You know what? You're right. That 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 would be a great one. But but this this ties in right here, Prof. You you've already you know through the talks we've had, you you contributed a couple of things, and not not just these writers. C.S. Lewis is great, by the way. You know, but but you've talked about. Um, you have talked about buying large, you know, uh, like large numbers of of uh, some of these things and passing them out. You've all you've also talked about, you know, creating little small, as you said, you know, Minute pamphlets that you can just hand out. That won't be really big things, you know, stuff stuff that you can just kind of carry along in your coat, you know. And and if 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 we do have a repressive government and you talk to someone and you and you think you can trust them, you go, hey, here, I got something for you. Here you go, you know. And and it might have one of Cato's letters in it. Um, or something like that. This is exactly what I'm talking about. when I'm talking about making individualistic choices, along with the other stuff that I, that uh, that I uh, suggested. Yes.
2: Say. Yep. And I figured we might as well include some of the stuff from the Ink Spot, since you included uh, Tolkien. <laughs> I figured, well, you better balance <laughs> that with with C.S. Lewis. And <laughs> at, uh, and there is there is one book I think that may be instrumental. And that is, if someone wants to understand what government is, it would be called the basic American government by Carson. And it, I don't hmm. even know if it's still in print anymore, but it was I how I it. learned what I know. Most of what I know came out of that book and the 5,000 year League Now, is that a That's textbook? The, huh? It's a textbook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, it's no, like from I the not heard or something, it. you know, so it's a, uh, it's pre-polluted textbooking uh and
0: yeah and that's and that's what I'm talking about you know I, I, you know in other words it's a good it's a good old fashioned civics book
2: right you know the way they used to be and you mentioned that i think I, I remember you saying that that we needed to beat the 70s or 60s so that we could get stuff that hasn't been uh modified completely by the fabian socialists right yeah
0: Yes, I I I think I I said, you know, basically anything before about, you know, 1970 um you know, certainly anything before the 80s. Right. Now, some of the stuff in the 70s is okay, but you know, it's it's by the 70s, you know, this is when I went to school and uh you know, it's more or less when you went to school. I think we're about the same age. Things were already starting to be modified, but only in that they were not as complete as they could have been um you know american history books uh texas history books you know of course you know I went to school in texas and we learned texas history boy um, <laughs> um those kinds of things that um that that are not you know that it, it it's not that things were were uh, were turned around or anything of that nature but some things just weren't included i think in order to uh to make the curriculum uh move faster or something like that um, and who knows? That could have very well been uh, been the beginning of the modification of these things um, over over a few generations. But I'd say certainly yeah. anything before 1970.
2: I think uh, I think I would also add <coughs> Parson Weems' book on um, oh, what's the title of it? I think I've got a copy of it here. Uh, I do. Let me see if I can find it again. It's on George, uh, the life of Washington by Parson Weems. At, uh, you remember the Parson Weems fable about can't tell a lie, chopping down the cherry tree, and all that. He's the right, one that right. started that. But I think that book would be great for mm. an illustration. Of, and we did that book study uh, a couple of years ago on here. But <clears throat> it'd be a good way of illustrating how um, new governments need their myths to promote to promote the. Correct and moral ideologies Of it you know, um, not, not out and out lies like Like the Soviet Union did To promote what it thought was good about its system But you know the the morals of 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 not lying You know and telling the truth and that, that's why everybody Could trust George Washington to do the right thing The man was a consummate liar And a spy master uh, And everybody knew this <clears throat> when Parson Weems wrote his book right after the death of Washington but People immediately bought into this myth, uh, even though they knew the truth, because of the morals it was teaching. And teachers across this country used that as a textbook, teaching their kids, knowing that they were teaching their kids a lie about George Washington, but that the the message was more important. And it was inculcating our children with morals and ethics, and that's what they were using it for. And I think we should do that. And and I think I would add one other thing, just for fun, because we don't want to bore everybody to death. In the future, when they're trying to save the country, but I think, uh, without them knowing it, uh, a surprise series of books—just virtually any Robert A. Heinlein book, uh, *Starship Troopers*, *A Door into Summer*—you know, those books should all be included. So it'd be fun, but you also learn about government through the back door.
0: Well, hang on a second, because I I was waiting for you to end your your selection there, because I was going to suggest the Moon is a harsh mistress. From Rocky huh. by Robert Heinlein. Sure. That, yeah. In, in that one, um, for those who don't know, um, you know, the, well, okay, we're we're doing our science fiction series now that we were going to do. Uh, in the in in that one, uh, it is it is the story of how that you know the moon, which was a, a protectorate of the planet Earth, obviously um broke away from earth and formed its and formed luna free state it formed its own uh its own independent country um and and there's some very fascinating things in there about uh the realities of revolution uh, the mechanics of revolution and yes there's some there's some uh he talks about myths in there as well robert a heinlein uh as far as uh, his persona goes was kind of a freakazoid but he did do some pretty good, um, some pretty good predictive science fiction. There's that book, and yes, as you say, Starship Troopers. I have to tell you, Prof, if I were president, th- that's pretty much exactly how I'd run the military. Um, <laughs> yeah, textbook. <laughs> that's
2: right, and how I would get voting.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. yes, absolutely. Uh, that's that's been a, that's actually been discussed. You know, I mean, yeah. basically, if you don't serve, you don't vote. Um,
2: I'd be okay with that, but I'd also be okay with if, uh, other than veterans, if you get a paycheck from the government, then you should not be able to vote to increase your paycheck. So I think anybody that's a politician and anybody on welfare should not be allowed to uh, participate in an electoral process.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the, I mean, we can we can kind of refine that a little bit, but, um, you know, the... Uh, a lot of ideas that that Heinlein puts out. Some of them are are just flat out freaky, and you know a few of them a few of them just kind of make you open uh, yeah, um, kind uh, of L. Ron Hubbardish. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, he in, in the two books we're talking about, "The Moon Is a Harsh Mistress" and the "Starship Troopers," you you do get you do get a good uh, an, an interesting sense of of, of uh, where his head is at regarding regarding government and the future, and it's very pragmatic. Um, you know, and, and, and it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't forget Dora in the
2: Summer, right? That's the one where the kids, you know, they go into an alternate uh, planet and they get trapped, so they have to create their own government from scratch. You know, it's kind of a Lord of the Flies no, thing. Actually,
0: that's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. But I think what you're talking about uh, could be pebble in the sky. People might have oh, to Oh, am I getting the them
2: confused? It's been a long time, but yeah. you know what? I'm going to go buy them all now so I can start reading them again on Kindle.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I I mean um, yeah, it's um, you you're exactly right though. Um if if Pebble in the Sky is is the title, uh that's that is what happens. Um the uh what happens for again this is for people who don't know. Um young young people uh who are are about to graduate eh, high school or in some cases college. Uh have to pass a uh have to pass a kind of a survival course it's kind of a weekend deal you know they send them off to a to a planet you know that they're not familiar with and they have to and they have to survive for a weekend you know no big deal right um except something happens with the transportation system that that sent them out there and they're stuck for a couple of years they have to form their own government um they have to uh, they have to uh form associations alliances stuff like that and um yes that that's a that's a great book you thought of because um in there um you have uh you have you things could have gone either way i mean they could yeah. have all turned into uh you know they they could have turned into a bunch of you know roving gangs and stuff like that, but what they wound up doing was setting up a uh, was setting up an actual an actual town with uh, with law enforcement okay. and uh, and manufacturing. Well, the way uh, you should so word
2: it is that they set up civilized <clears> society <throat> with a social compact as opposed to might makes right. Yeah. I'm holding up my second amendment coin. For those of you on periscope can see it, it's copper. it's really cool looking, I think. Yep. And it's a uh, $2 copper coin. <laughs> I like these. For those of you who want species in the future to, uh, oops, forget turn on egg to to um, protect yourself so you can buy things. I always have this. Every show I have this. I'm Usually nervously fondling it while I'm thinking gives my hands something to do and keeps them out of my nose. All right, Harris here. We got <laughs> <laughs> we got everybody in the back here. So there's some boys out in my field playing football, and uh, here you go, Harris. And so that's why those kids were barking earlier. The dogs were barking earlier. All right. So we're talking with Agador, the the unpleasant blind guy, uh, over the way back, a series we've been doing. And we're talking about modern books. And one of the things I think, instead of saying what I would include, one of the things I would not include are any of the books by the exalted one, Rush Limbaugh. Or Glenn Beck, or uh, even um, what's his name, the other one, uh, Mark Levin. Uh, really? I read all their books, and none of them would I want to put into a package to save the country because okay. of the way they're designed and what they talk about.
0: What do you think? So you would not you would not include um, you know now, now I've, I've got to say you know I, I have my issues with Glenn Beck uh, and, and, and <laughs> that's well known. Um, you know, but I have to say that I have learned a couple of historical things from him, like you know what initiated the uh, the Wounded Knee Massacre, and and I have to say that I'm very appreciative of that. You know, but I have uh-huh. not actually sat down and read any of of his books, so um, you, know, um, I would, you know I would know, I would appreciate knowing why you wouldn't want to put uh, any of any of his books or the others in, just. You know, for my own edification and for that of the listeners.
2: Well, I'll tell you, here, here's why. What do they focus on? Uh, Limbaugh's books like See, I Told You So and stuff are things that he talked about on the radio show, but mostly they point out the faults of progressivism and liberalism. And if we're at the point where we're having to restore a constitution uh, that's dead and in a progressive Muslim uh, type country, then – I don't think that argument needs to be made anymore. I think the argument needs to be made of why a republic not why everybody else is wrong um and a lot of these end up having political statements that they put in uh, that are are just that and they're politics they're not they're not um what i well I have a definition I call creative politics and innuendo politics and and that they fall into mostly that. Now, creative politics today, at the time of the revolution, may very well have fallen into innuendo politics. I mean, things like Thomas Paine, uh, the Declaration of Independence, they were all innuendo politics, but they also served another point, and they were creative. Uh, They were creating a new world order, and... That's what they were trying to do, uh, something that had not been done before, a republic that had never existed in history. And they were very successful at what they did, creating a more perfect union, not a perfect one. But when I look at these things that they write, I don't see uh, anything in it that is a concept that we need to rebuild and that the entire book would be worth having. You know, in order to do one of these, I think the entire concept of the book must run through, and and so you know because books aren't cheap uh, and they're big and cumbersome, and right. you know, and so uh, you would want them to be you know worth the effort of of hauling around and secreting and hiding and reading and memorizing and teaching. So, I don't think yes. that we need that now. Yeah, there's that one book I don't remember. I've got it up here in the shelf that he does. As an Indian, I already knew about uh, Wounded Knee, but the the concepts of the book were that government does a lot more wrong than we give it credit for, and and yeah, (laughs) yeah, we get that. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I don't know is that I would stick that in.
0: That's it for this time. Next time, the Wayback Commentaries 2015 continues with the Underground Professor,
2: Agador, and the Underground Professor both. Sitting high atop a double rainbow, gaily swinging our feet over the hermitage of North Texas's liberal conservative studies. This has been copyrighted in the year of your Lord 2015. Via Concarney for the Egg adorable fans, and Via Contoodles for mine.
0: I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening, and may your God go with you. Goodbye. The Unpleasant Blind Guy is copyright 2015. Anno, domini. Now for Dave's canes. Extras that help you navigate the new media world.
3: Conservative media done right. You're listening to the
0: SHR Media Network.
1: Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday, from 7 to 9 a.m., right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things, like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment? And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m., here on SHRmedia.com. From a public locker inside a dilapidated Long Island Rail Station comes a show designed to piss off liberals using truth, facts, and ridicule. The Lid Radio Show, featuring the conservative voice from the People's Republic of New York, the Lid himself, Jeff Dunnett. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the SHR Media Network. Go to shrmedia.com. At Lid Radio, we fight for the truth, justice, and a good kosher T-bone. If you don't listen, Hillary Clinton might sneak into your bedroom in her house coat late at night and blame you for her election loss. It's the Lid Radio Show with Jeff Dunnitz. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. The
3: new show on the SHR Media Network Sackheads Against Tyranny. On shrmedia.com, go there quick like a bunny. 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific every Wednesday. Live and direct. On the SHR Media Network, shrmedia.com. Be there.
0: For 50 years, I've seen the American people blinded by corrupt politicians, a lapdog media, and deceptive Islam. The one thing the elites fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through Spreaker, iTunes, and SoundCloud. SHR Media and the Western Free Radio Network for half a century of experienced perspective on political and social issues weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever because truth is not always pleasant.
3: Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, a mere two miles from the state capital, the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show can be heard every Tuesday and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific and 11 p.m. Eastern, only on the SHR Media Network. Go to shrmedia.com to listen. You can also watch on the SHR Media Facebook page and the SHR Media YouTube channel. No goldfish were abused in the making of this ad. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Hey, D.D. Perks members in Washington, D.C. Now that we're slowly getting back to running, make the most of your day with large hot coffees from Dunkin' for $1.49. Not a D.D. Perks member? Join on the Dunkin' app today for an easy, contactless way to order and pay. Pick up in-store or at the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.